Hi everybody. This video is entitled 12 Steps to Letting Everybody Around Me Grow Up. And I think allowing others to grow up around you is the best gift you can give yourself and give to others. My name is Jerry Wise. I have been a relationship expert for 40 years now. I'm a life and relationship coach and I'm the owner of Jerry Wise Relationship Systems. I've been a self-expert since 1979, and I've worked with clients helping them with self-differentiation and for decades now. One of the tasks we have in building self-differentiation is to grow ourselves up, and second of all, let others grow up. And that's a part of the work of self-differentiation. Today I'd like to talk about the 12 ways we can allow others around us to grow up. This is not about people you need to go partial no contact or full no contact with. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about more, a little healthier relationships, maybe a little more neurotic then they are uh, really, really severe. Certainly, it's difficult to negotiate other people growing up if they are just not um, personality-wise able to do that. But most people can, and most people will respond to um, your actions of you allowing others to grow up. The first way that we uh, begin to allow others to grow up Stay connected to others, but do not do more than your part. This is about knowing where you end and where others begin. And we learned this growing up in our family of origin as to where we end and others begin. If we didn't learn that well, then we can go back and relearn it, and we can relearn it now. Saying no while staying connected or setting boundaries while staying connected is not easy for those of us who are adult children or who are in recovery, having grown up in dysfunctional families. The message is, I care about you, which is contact or staying connected, but no, I cannot do that, which is the not doing more than I choose or want uh, or can do. So both of those elements are very important for self-differentiation. Second of all, stop over-functioning. If we attract under-functioners, narcissists, takers, dependents, alcoholics, uh, the immature, the needy, the demanding, we will be in a relationship system which will push us to over-function. We find ourselves doing 150 or 190% of the relationship or more. Um, we give more than what we want to give, more than what we need to give, leaving them to continue to have a buffer to life's realities and healthy functioning in relationships. I want to quote something from Carl Whitaker, who is a very famous family therapist. And he was talking about he and his clients, but I think it refers to any relationship. And what he said is, I only feed others 
not when they are crying that he or she is hungry, but only when I feel the milk overflowing from my own nipples. And he was, and again, it's kind of a crass quote, but it's a good one in that we, we give to others when we have that to give. But so many times we who are codependent or overfunctioners, we tend to allow people to take from us when we don't have it to give or don't want it, want to give. Uh, he was referring to the therapist-client relationship, but it applies to all forms of relationships. And uh, I think it's also important to remember that trying to be perfect or a perfect helper is also a form of overfunctioning. Perfectionism is a form of overfunctioning. And it's important that we learn to not overfunction. Thirdly, stop figuring people out. The process of figuring people out is a form of overfunctioning as well. Now, I'm in the business of figuring people out. We should do this, uh, we should not do this in our relationships. We figure people out because they do not want to do that work. And we're trying to figure them out to help them do that work. Sometimes we might try to figure them out to be more self-differentiated, but so many of the times I think it's to, um, uh, to further the overfunctioning that we do that's unhealthy. Figuring people out in our lives is a form of enmeshment. If you're always trying to figure something, somebody out, you're probably enmeshed. Fourthly, stop over-sympathizing or empathizing. Having and practicing empathy is not good for those who are not well-defined, which is probably most of us. According to Edwin Friedman in the book, The Myth of the Shiksa, it is important to become more well-defined before we practice a lot of empathy. But everybody else practices a lot of empathy before they are well-defined. Um, otherwise, it re will result in overfunctioning, codependency, and enabling. Most people I work with lose their own boundaries uh, and defeat self-regulation and self-differentiation. If you oversympathize, begin to practice feeling blocking and emphasize the thinking process when relating to others. So many times people will come into relationships and they will overfeel. And the other person will want you to overfeel so that you will be empathizing and sympathizing. We need to shut that down so that we keep our cognitive process going and block those feelings because we'll end up in meshing and overfunctioning. So feeling blocking can be a very healthy thing. Does that mean I want you to never feel your feelings? Well, of course not. I want you to feel your feelings at an appropriate time, but not overfeel when it's in the service of overfunctioning or enabling or over empathizing or sympathizing. That's where we need to stop that. Codependents tend to overfeel with other people and they need to reel that in and start thinking more rather than feeling more. 
And I was never shared, never told to do that. And I didn't know how to kind of begin to work on that process. I think that's a tip that can be a real help to folks. They don't know that they can block their feelings and should work on blocking their feelings and thinking more when they're talking about over-empathizing. Fifthly, stop the enabling. Enabling is doing for others what they should be doing for themselves. Enabling is taking the consequences or life lessons for others when they should be experiencing them themselves. Often we over-empathize and we enable. We move into a rescuing mode, which then infantilizes or makes into a baby or child or whatever the other. Telling, the send, uh, telling and sending them the message they can't do life on their own for themselves, they are not strong enough, smart enough, grown up enough, and we buy into their learned helplessness. We want to not buy into that learned helplessness. helplessness. Um, everybody's got the same tasks in life as I do. I have to deal with the unfairness, I have to deal with the struggles, I have to deal with work, I have to deal with relationships. I, you, families, you have to deal with all those things. We all have to. Nobody gets just to opt out and go, oh, can't do it, so you need to do it. No, we can say, no, I'm not going to do it. So actually, our enabling helps and hurts at the same time. But never forget, enabling hurts. Um, we often have learned to enable from a very young age, and we've gotten that imprinting from our family of origin. And we've learned to do it very young. And we need to root out that imprinting so that that process can begin to stop. Six, focus on my own maturation process, my own self-differentiation process. Look away from others and focus on yourself. Certainly not in a selfish way, but in, in terms of maturely and maturing yourself, knowing yourself, becoming aware of yourself. Uh, we become far too much experts on other people. Begin to become an expert on yourself, not other people. I would recommend reading the book Growing Yourself Up by Jenny Brown. Uh, also, How to Be an Adult by David Rico, R-I-C-H-O. Learn the lessons of self-differentiation family systems. I have other videos, 150 videos out there that are free that you can take a look at and check out self-differentiation. Learn more about that and how it works. When we are immature, we tend to focus on uh, our neediness and fears and on others' problems, issues, and immaturity. And we need to get focused on our um, uh, yeah, we need to focus on our fears, our immaturity, and not get all focused on their immaturity and their fears and their needs and all those things. We'll be much more effective as people and, and actually be able to really help in a much more mature way. Seven, stop the one-sided relationships. If we have a spouse, uh, and if we have a spouse, this is more difficult because we are intertwined in many ways. Relationships should not be a combination of a giver and a taker. 
Others become more toxic or abusive and we tend to become more nice or more accommodating and we balance it out that way. One-sided relationships are the result of our fear of abandonment, low self-esteem, fear of rejection, worthlessness, shame, maybe some other feelings as well, and we are looking for love and acceptance from others particularly others who are immature, no matter what the cost to us. And that's where it becomes a real problem. We choose relationships that fit our level of self-differentiation or our low self-esteem or our fit our fear of abandonment. Those are the people we will choose who will raise those issues for us and tell us we need to work on them. Heal your self-esteem and you will heal your relationship choices and how you play your role in relationships. And remember, one-sided relationships are a role, over-functioning is a role, and we want to get out of those roles. Enabling is a role. We want to get to being a true self, not just a role. Or we'll play the roles that we played in our family of origin. Eight, stop our illusions naivety, and fantasy thinking and feeling. We believe we can change others. Fantasy, naivety. Uh, we believe that we can make our parents be who, they, who, who we want them to be. Or we will fantasize about, oh, if they'll only be the parents we always wanted. Um, that's illusory. That's naivety. Um, we believe that if I only work harder, then uh, this good will come of that. If I only do better, if I only love more, if I'm more perfect, if I become more Christian, what, whatever the if I become more is, I will change my spouse, I will change my friends, I will change the boss, I will... No, those are illusions, those are naivety, and we need to root out the naivety within us. We'll be much stronger and more effective people if we do that. So we have to find out what our naivety is. And learning about your own naivety, illusions, and fantasies are a good way to begin to grow up. We continue to believe that I have self-worth when everything points to the fact I don't have self-worth, and then I refuse to work on it. That's an illusion. That's a distorted thinking. That's denial. Our unresolved family of, or issue, family of origin issues make us naive and immature because that's the system we've grown up in and it's still inside of us. There is work we can do to get that system out of us so that we become ourselves rather than me and all my family going on within me in an unconscious way. To allow others to grow up, we must first deal with our illusions, naivety, and fantasy thinking. You might consider reading some books uh, by Sheldon Cobb. I think he has some good books out there. You might take a look at that author. Uh, nine, step down so they can step up. Use the underfunctioning leverage for them to step up. Become more helpless intentionally try to underfunction, become more mediocre, 
this places the leverage, pressure, systemic power, and pinging on the other to step up or not. Now, they may not do that, but at least the pressure's on them to grow up. If they don't choose to, then you need to start dealing with your illusions and beliefs about the other because you have some illusions or beliefs about them that, you know, they're, they're, they can change. The best way to find out is you step down and see if they step up. If they're not going to step up, that tells you something very important, which you may not want to know and you may not want to hear. But that gets us out of our illusion, immature thinking, and beliefs, and fantasies. Ten, get out of others' way. If you're a fixer, a rescuer, over-caretaker, over-functioner, you're getting in the way of others' lives. The universe, life, or God is trying to speak to them to grow up, be more mature, and stop under-functioning. But we're getting in their way by um, uh, stepping up too much. Uh, in fact, I remember reading a book, uh, Creative Aggression, old book from like the 1970s. And uh, he, it was my first uh, experience of realizing the price of nice. Being nice can really do a lot of damage to a lot of people, including yourself. Now, do I believe in not being a nice person? No. I, <coughs> excuse me. I want to be a nice person. But if I'm nice by feeling compelled to be nice, that's different than nice by choice. And so I want to be nice because that's what I choose to do, not what I feel compelled to do. And we call all of this um, over-functioning or stepping up love and being overly nice and all. It's not love. Uh, it is a dysfunctional pattern learned growing up that we have not healed or resolved. Letting someone grow up is the best loving gift you can give someone. Stop being God's voice to them. Be your voice to them and let God speak to them how he wants to or needs to. Stop saving others. Many would say we need to come down from our cross and let Christ be the Savior of the world, not us. The more we learn and heal ourselves, the more loving, connected, and caring and healthy we will be. Number 11. Stop defending yourself with others. Defending yourself um, so that others don't have to look at themselves is a big problem. And remember, whenever you're defending yourself, others don't have to look at themselves because you're filling up all the noise with your defensiveness and you're filling up all the relationship space with your defensiveness. Your defensive noise only furthers their denial and keeps the focus on you, not on them. Defending yourself will not bring about change in others and will only reinforce your own self-image self and low self-esteem. Your low self-image and low self-esteem. And remember, 
Defending yourself equals enmeshment. That's a good indicator of enmeshment if we're defending ourselves. So whenever somebody comes and they're defending themselves, I'm going, gosh, you guys are enmeshed. We need to work on that. Um, let's see if I have the right uh, page here. Do anything but defend yourself with those who do not want to grow up. Just behave with boundaries, maturely. Say nothing that indicates self-doubt. You may feel self-doubt. You may feel fear. But that doesn't mean you have to say anything that indicates that. Because more talking, more defensiveness, more explaining, more trying to make them understand will only stress you out more and not accomplish your goal with the immature around you who don't want to grow up. If you stop defending, they have to grow up and deal with you and deal with the situation more. 12 exit triangles. Triangles are formed which keep the immature around us from growing up. If you told the other time and time again something you want them to do or know or understand, then you go to a third party to have them go communicate these things to your other partner, spouse, friend. Uh, now we have a triangle. Classic triangles, or a classic example, would be the wife calls in for the alcoholic husband who doesn't want to go to work because he drank too much last night, that he is sick and won't be in to work. That's the triangle. The boss, the wife, and the alcoholic. Now he does not have to feel the discomfort of lying to his boss. Triangles are a function of de-selfing and over-functioning. Now these are just 12 steps. There are probably many more, but I wanted to at least share these with you. Um, I wanted to share these 12. I'll be sharing more in the future videos about how to begin this process in relationships in a self-differentiated way such as answering the question, how do we change a long-standing pattern or behavior with others who expect us to keep the pattern going? Well, I've got some steps to give you to help you begin to change that pattern with them or with your family of origin or with those that you've struggled with or with those who are immature. And in my next video, I hope to share those with you. I hope this video has been a help please contact me. The uh, contact information is on the screen. Uh, if you'd like to work with a self-expert, uh, go to my website, www.jerrywiserelationshipsystems.com. I hope you'll join my Facebook and join my YouTube channel, Jerry Wise Relationship Systems. I want to thank you for watching, and I hope you have a great day.